It's Portugal. It's Uruguay. It's South Korea. And it's Ghana. It's Group H. And it's the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar. It's the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. Three, uh, where we begin with uh, the summary and format of each team, um, just as kind of a warm-up and leads us into a discussion of their prospects, their ELO rankings and FIFA rankings, their odds and their head-to-head histories, and then we're going to talk about it a bit and see uh, what we think. So let's begin with a a summary of uh, Portugal and uh, a recent summary uh, kind of talking about their form. So, uh, right, Portugal, in summary, they had three good periods. 1966 was a spike, though only in World Cup play, The second was around 1985, where they reached both World and Euro Cups. And their third period is much longer, extending from 1996 in Euro Cup play and 2002 in World Cup play, but which has continued until the present day, uh, led by a strong team captain by Luis Figo in the early period and Cristiano Ronaldo in the latter part. Uh, Euro Cup play has been more consistent than World Cup play, with some lapses in their World Cup history, but uh, greater consistency in the Euro Cup. Uh, they've reached impressive peaks in both, with third and fourth place finishes in the World Cup, but first and second place finishes in the Euro, as well as three semi-final finishes, most of them in recent times. Uh, despite all those plaudits, though, their regular second place finishes in qualifying, often reaching cups through a playoff, is a bit disconcerting. Uh, We could say the same about the third-place finishes uh, in the the last two Euro Cup groups, actually. Uh, Given how weak a team they were in the previous century, there's a looming fear that they will not so much return to that, but uh, fall from the strength that recent generations have blessed them with. Portugal's Euro Cup strength, uh, longer and more consistent, has yielded better results, and it is too soon to say that a uh, round of 16 finishes uh, in 2020 is a sign of decline. However, second-place qualification behind second-tier team Ukraine and Serbia are the types of results that make them seem less like them, uh, less than a top team uh, despite some top-level tournament finishes. Um, even getting to this cup, as we saw, was by pretty narrow margins. The 2022-23 Nations Cup League A results gives a similar impression. With Ronaldo reaching retirement soon, there is question as to whether they will maintain that form, although they did address that uh, same problem well when uh, the previous Golden Generation retired. All right, that is uh, Portugal in a nutshell. And now we'll give you the same uh, kind of nutshell for Uruguay. So Uruguay has had amazing success, especially taking into account how small the country is. With just 3.5 million people currently, they have a record that's the envy of most big countries. They have two World Cup titles and three fourth place finishes besides. And they have 15 Copa America titles, uh, as many as Argentina and more than Brazil. 
though it was uh, stronger in the early years, they had two World Cup titles coming in 1930 and 1950. Uh, also impressive is the duration of their strength. They have had low periods, but never missed more than two World Cups in a row and always seem to return with a team capable of passing the World Cup group stage or winning a regional title. Three times uh, they've come out of a lull to pass two or more World Cup group stages in a row. That's in the late 60s, in the late 80s, and then from 2010. That recent strong period is ongoing, but it peaked with a fourth place finish in the 2010 World Cup and a Copa America title in 2011. It's the fruit of a strong generation that's now aging though, the question being whether they will face another lull or can renew it quickly enough to remain competitive near the top. The recent strong period saw a cohesive team under manager Oscar Tabarez uh, with a memorable cast featuring Diego Forlan, Edinson Cavani, and the jewel or snake, depending on one's perspective, uh, Luis Suarez. That generation is aging out, uh, with Forlan long since retired and Cavani and Suarez both 35. Perhaps more significantly, manager Oscar Tabarez, who led the team for 15 years, uh, gave up the post in 2021. Results have nevertheless remained good, with some good younger talent coming to infuse the team. A quarterfinal finish in uh, 2018 kept that strong period going, even though there were worries of their aging even then. But quarterfinal finishes in the two most recent Copa Americas are ambivalent and leave one waiting to see if they can extend the successful period. All right. Uh, moving on to South Korea. Uh, South Korea's World Cup in 1954 was a disaster in terms of results, but it put them on the map as the most senior of Asian teams. Uh, if that is arguable, winning the first two Asian Cups and their consistent qualification for the World Cup since 1986 bolster their claim. Uh, for the first three of these, uh, the Asian region was afforded only two spots, and it was South Korea plus a different team every time. Their fourth place finish in 2002 is by far the best result of any Asian team in the World Cup. Though none can match that, other teams have caught up. South Korea has not won an Asian Cup since 1960, and Japan seems to have surpassed them in recent times. At the global level, South Korea are doing as well as can be expected. The Asian region is comparatively weak, but passing the group stage at the World Cup in 2010 and beating Germany in 2018 earns them some reputation. However, Japan did pass their group stage and have won the Asian Cup, and Iran beat them in World Cup qualification uh, once again in 2022. Saudi Arabia is returning to, uh, to form, and Qatar has emerged as a threat. South Korea is long overdue for another Asian title, and not winning one since 1960 is a stain on their record. They need a title there or another World Cup where they pass the group stage in, in order to stay at or near the top. It's a bit hard to put a finger on Korea's form. Beating Germany in 2018 was a big feather, but they failed to pass the group stage. They can't be blamed too much for losing to a juggernaut Qatar in the quarterfinals of the 2019 Asian Cup, but it is a result they need to recover from. Neither is evidence enough to support a dip in form, but nor is there evidence to support a claim to form. Yeah, and I would say uh, we, we, the issue of their uh, difficulty of scoring goals came up 
uh, when we were doing the podcast. So kind of add that to their recent form as well. Okay, finally, Ghana. Uh, in summary, their most outstanding feature is a disparity between their World Cup performances and African Cup play. They seemed almost feeble in World Cup play until 2006, but in fact had won four African Cup titles uh, between 1963 and 1982, suffering a lull after that, but resurging in the early 90s. 2006-10 was a strong period in the World Cup, but they were unremarkable then in the African Cup. But just as their World Cup success was winding down in 2014, they looked a top team in African Cup play, finishing in the top four six times in a row between 2008 and 2017. Ghana's strong period ended in 2017. 2018 saw them fail to reach the World Cup for the first time since 2002, and 2019 ended their run of top four finishes at the African Cup as they reached only the round of 16. Worse still, they failed to even pass their group stage in 2021. However, successfully reaching the World Cup in 2022 shortly after kind of leaves their current form in limbo too. All right. So in summary of the summaries, it kind of seems like all four teams are uh, in a bit of a limbo. Do you think so? Yeah, I think there's uh, there's question marks for all of them. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it makes it an interesting group. We've seen some some impressive rise in, rises in form, but also some dips in form. And then, you know, looking at some players aging out, you know, notably Ronaldo and Suarez, you know, those have kind of been the, uh, the leading lights for their team. So, um, yeah, I think you put it well um, when you said uh, that, yeah, it's kind of hard to put a finger on kind of all of them. Yeah. Oh, well, we shouldn't uh, jump into the discussion quite yet because we have to look at the rankings. Uh, take us through that, won't you? Yeah, so the pot one team, Portugal, is currently ninth in FIFA um, and seventh in the ELO rankings. Um, they've kind of been they've been top ten in both both of those rankings um, really since 2016 uh, when they won um, uh, that European Championship. Yeah, and honestly, really since uh, since the golden generation uh, from. Uh, from around 1996, to be honest. I mean, they dipped below uh, 10th only uh, around 2008, uh, but otherwise have pretty much been in the top 10. Yeah, Uruguay, um, the Pot 2 team, they're 13th in FIFA and 12th in ELO, so that's really just a few points back um, of uh, Portugal. Um, They've kind of been in that mark, definitely a top 20 team for a very long time, sometimes popping up into the top 10, but usually not staying there for any length of time. Uh, yeah, you put it well. I, I, I think um, they're definitely a team to be reckoned with, but uh, a bit hot and cold at the same time. Okay, um, how about South Korea? South Korea is 28th in FIFA and 26th in ELO, so again, fairly, fairly good agreement. Um, between the two systems. Um, there's That hasn't always been the case, though. In, in December 2017, they were 59th in FIFA, but 25th in ELO. Um, their ELO ranking has fluctuated less, where they're kind of a top 30 team. FIFA tends to rank them a little bit lower, but sees a bit more movement up and down. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, recently kind of uh, higher than in the past. We saw that they were a, a weak team before 2002. And, uh, you know, around 2006, they were around uh, 50th. So 
uh, have kind of risen up. But um, uh, as you say, there around 2014, um, they were they were they were quite a bit lower. All right, and then Ghana as a pot four team, they're currently 60th in FIFA, which, as I said, is the lowest ranked um, country among all 32 teams. And they're even lower, 74th uh, in ELO. Um, obviously, their poor African Cups recently have seen them fall uh, from where they were. Um, kind of in their glory days in 2010, they were 16th in FIFA and 26th in ELO. Um, and they've, in, in a way, almost steadily fallen ever since, um, down to, again, 60th and 74th, which is kind of a historical low despite reaching this World Cup. Yeah, I mean, it may be a bit harsh in the, uh, you know, as we saw that for six uh, African Cups in a row, they were in the top four. So putting them in the 30s or 40s uh, may be a bit harsh. But honestly, like since then, um, they they really kind of deserve this ranking. I mean, apart from reaching this World Cup, which we saw was a bit of a surprise, um, mm -hmm. you know, getting knocked out at the last... Uh, uh, at the group stage of the last African Cup, uh, kind of hardly makes them worthy of being here. They did well to get here, but it was very narrow. As we saw, they only topped their group against South Africa on goals scored and then relied on away goals to get past Nigeria. So um, they're here, but it hasn't been uh, convincing, though. I will say beating Nigeria is, is still impressive, though, even if they didn't win one of those games. Yeah, I mean, but they, they were a really exciting team and, and a, a good team to have at the World Cup in 2006 and 2010. So, I mean, if they can kind of recover a bit of that form, uh, they could be a, an exciting team here. Yeah, and we talked about aging stars with Portugal and uh, Uruguay, and, and we should mention the Ayu brothers who have been very prominent for Ghana. They're, they're kind of aging out too, so Ghana also in need of some renewal. I mean, I should say for all of those players we've mentioned, the Ayu brothers and the, the uh, Suarez and Cavani and, and uh, Ronaldo too, like the teams are still fairly reliant on those guys to get their goals. And in fairness, they still are producing. Um, um, do, you, do you worry that they will kind of stop producing in this cup or do you think they've got one more good cup in them? It's tough to see. I think it's a, the last hurrah for many of these players that we've mentioned. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's difficult to say. I mean, these players are still, you know, for the most part playing at good clubs. You know, they're still good players. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's important that these teams start finding some replacements. And whether they can or not is kind of the, a big question that they have to answer. It is. It is tough to say, but uh, it actually may come down to, to that issue as to whether their team does well or poorly. Yeah. Okay, again, we're jumping the gun a little bit there because we're supposed to look at head-to-head -head records, but that's uh, uh, kind of relevant for what we're saying because some of these teams have played each other recently. Uh, do you want to take us through the overview, Connor? Yeah, so Portugal versus Ghana, they have met once. That was a win for Portugal. Uh, that is right. That was in the 2014 World Cup group stage. So uh, Portugal uh, having a slight edge there. Ghana was uh, kind of um, on a bit of a downturn at that time. Yeah, Uruguay and Portugal have actually met once, and that was recently. That was the 2018 uh, World Cup round of 16. Um, 
So um, that game was won by Uruguay. So they have the one win from one game in that record against Portugal. Yeah, I mean, we saw that they were close in the rankings with Portugal kind of having the upper edge, but uh, it, it shouldn't be overlooked that Uruguay knocked them out of the last World Cup. For sure. Um, Uruguay versus South Korea, it's two wins out of two for the South Americans. Right, the last meeting was in 2010 in the round of 16, and uh, Uruguay won that and their meeting in 1990, which is less relevant. Uh, Uruguay versus Ghana. Well, they've met once, and what a what a famous <laughs> game that was. That was in 2010, and as we know, uh, Uruguay won that game in penalties. Yeah, in the uh, in the histories version of the podcast, we uh, we talked about that game where um, Ghana was on the verge of winning, and uh, and Uruguay handled on the line and somehow pulled off the win. So yeah. uh, a bit of a grudge match here, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. This will be kind of their first chance at revenge. Uh, for yeah, Ghana. and a lot of the same players are actually still playing. And then uh, South Korea versus Portugal, they've met once. That was in the 2002 World Cup, and how did that game go? Uh, well, that was, a, that was the third uh, group stage game, and uh, South Korea uh, beat Portugal in that one. So that actually, you know, a lot of uh, Southern European teams were pretty annoyed with uh South Korea in that tournament and, and uh, Portugal, uh, not as much as Spain and Italy, but I don't think uh, Portugal have a lot of great will towards South Korea. I'm sure they would like to beat them in this tournament. Yeah, they met in the third group stage game there in 2002 and they'll meet in the third group stage game here. Right, right. Could be important too, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, South Korea and Ghana, they've never met, so there is no history there. Right. Okay. Well, it's kind of interesting that uh, the, those teams have met over the years. And now we're going to move on to odds. So the way we've done odds is uh, basically we're not encouraging betting here. We just want to see what the, uh, um, you know, what the professionals kind of think. So we took the odds from uh, five betting companies and we picked the, the three that were kind of uh, most divergent and uh, basically came up with this number. And the number describes... Uh, their percentage chances of uh, advancing to the group stage. So, sorry, advancing to the finals. So, uh, finishing first or second. That's right. So, Portugal are given um, an 85.9% likelihood of advancing out of the group, which is lower than some pot one teams, but kind of to be expected given they're kind of just at, at the bottom of the pot one rankings. Uh, Uruguay have a 66% um, likelihood of advancing. South Korea are behind at 30.0% and Ghana just behind them at 29.8%. So uh, uh, Portugal and Uruguay, the most favored by the odds makers. All right. And uh, maybe we should begin the discussion there uh, based on whether you agree with those odds or not. What do you think? Uh, for me, this is a difficult group to call. And we, we, we talk a lot about the history. And of course, Uruguay, out of all these teams, have the most illustrious history. But... You know, we're seeing kind of all these teams in a bit of transition, um, you know, transitioning, you know, maybe not transitioning out of good periods, but they're coming off good periods and there are legitimate questions as to whether or not that will continue. Um, so I, I find this group um, among all of them a little bit more difficult to uh, to predict because, you know, will Portugal and Uruguay and, and, you know, led by their great players have one last great tournament or has that kind of ship sailed a little bit 
Um, and if it has, if it has sailed, South Korea and Ghana are good enough to take advantage of it, right? I think so. Um, they put South Korea and Ghana as neck and neck. Um, I, I think South Korea come into this with a bit more optimism than Ghana. I mean, Ghana's poor form has been recent or has been poor recently. Kind of remains to be seen if that's just a blip. But I think coming into this, I would give Korea better odds than than Ghana, even though the odds makers put them at virtually identical. Yeah, me too. Uh, let's begin with Portugal, um, or or I'll kind of say my piece on Portugal. I agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, I think this group is is the hardest group to read in terms of predictions, and it could could kind of turn out anyway. Again, hinging on. Uh, whether those good players uh, uh, will perform as well as they have for their for their clubs, I think Portugal uh, uh, kind of has more uh, strength behind um, behind Ronaldo, so could make up for it if if he doesn't turn in a great performance. Uh, whereas Uruguay is a bit of a black box to me. Uh, I know a few of their players, but I don't really know how good they are because they've always been overshadowed by Suarez and Cavani. But I do think, I, I think 86% is too high for Portugal because I think there is the possibility of a lapse. I mean, we saw they finished third in their last two uh, Euro Cup groups. You know, they generally finished second in qualifying. So I think giving them uh, an 86% chance, 86% chance of advancing here is, uh, is too high. Do you have anything yeah, I, more on Portugal? I, I think you make good points. Even when they won Euro 2016, they, they finished third um, in their group and kind of got through as having one of the better third third place records. But I think it also showed the good side of Portugal in that they won that final with, with basically without Ronaldo playing in that game. Good and point. I think you, 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 made up, you made a good point. Um, I mean, Ronaldo is the leader. Um, you know, he's the all-time record goal scorer in men's international soccer he is a player they lead, they look to but portugal has i think the, the deepest team um in in this group they have good players playing um you know for top clubs manchester city um liverpool um they have a lot um clubs across europe in um you know real madrid and some of the portuguese teams that do well in european competition so i think portugal have a good team and i think they can kind of get by without their superstar uh, better than most of the other teams. So I would yeah. favor them to win the group. I think, yeah, probably, um, yeah, that 80 to 85% chance, you know, probably about right. I would see them going through four out of five times, but leaving the possibility that perhaps one out of five times they they would dip. Yeah. Uh, the only one I really agree with here is Uruguay, because if, if we say that's two out of three times they would pass this group, uh, I think that's right. I, I really worry about Uruguay kind of coming to the to the end of an era. And, and whereas Portugal kind of had a weak period or just were generally weak in the last millennium and generally strong in this millennium, uh, Uruguay kind of undulates a bit more up and down. And losing the players they're losing, uh, I kind of feel that they might be moving into a weak period. I, I can't help but feel the same. And I think partly... Um, you know, they produce a lot of good footballers, but as a small country, they just in some ways lack the population to reproduce these players. And you see that with smaller countries, you see it with Wales and, and I think throughout history, you know, historically Portugal, but, you know, Hungary and, 
and Belgium and Netherlands, these teams aren't kind of as strong consistently as, as the bigger, bigger countries. Yeah. South America, it would be Brazil and Argentina, which are kind of always there. As a smaller country, I think Uruguay is prone to those fluctuations. They're prone to, you know, perhaps being led by some producing great players. Um, you know, their strong finishing third in South America is, is the qualification is quite good. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think they um, perhaps are coming to the end of a good period led by some very charismatic um, players. And whether they can renew that, I'm not sure. The, the signs now are that they, they will be weaker than they were in the past. Um, I would expect them to get out of this group. Um, but yeah, certainly yeah. perhaps prone to an upset, depending on how perhaps this, this generation does in their, their final. Yeah, year. I would too, two out of three times. So I, I kind of agree with the odds. I think a bigger loss than, uh, you know, if, if Suarez and Cavani don't show up, I think a bigger loss maybe. Uh, Oscar Tabarez missing. He's been the manager for 15 years, led them through a really good period. And uh, uh, I, I, I just, I mean, they're they're a team like in kind of Wales and Canada. I put them uh, in the same boat. Whereas they're a team that is kind of small, very tight, play as good as a team, are probably better than the sum of their parts. But with Oscar Tabarez gone, I wonder if that uh, may be gone uh, too. Yeah, I, I think it's that's a question mark, and this tournament could could really kind of um, show what direction Uruguay are are going in um, in future yeah. years. All right, I myself see, uh, and I think you agree. I see South Korea as a bit higher than thirty percent. I would put them, uh, you know, kind of uh, close to Uruguay, so maybe forty forty five percent, because I think there's uh, not so much because South Korea is strong. I mean, they're fairly consistent. Uh, but just, uh, I think those cracks for, for Portugal and Uruguay uh, may be something that South Korea can take advantage of. Uh, Son Heung-min is not aging, so I don't think he's a worry. Uh, he's, a, he's as much a worry as aging out as uh, some of the players we've talked about. Yeah, and South Korea, they're, they're seeing, I think, you know, they've always had a couple players playing on top clubs, I think. Some of their players getting a bit more exposure and, and are getting kind of some bigger moves, which is a good sign. Um, and and I think yeah, South Korea, you know they they showed at the last World Cup that they could take advantage of kind of a a, a faltering European powerhouse in Germany, and I think they could do that again here. I see it more likely than Ghana. Um, I, I certainly expect South Korea to get points. Um, you know, probably off one of Portugal or Uruguay, maybe both. Um, and yeah, I kind of see them, you know, possibly four points from this group. Is that enough to get through? Maybe, maybe not. Four points is kind of right on the fence. But um, in terms of Ghana, you know, we, we watched them in the, the most recent African Cup. They really were poor. They also have some good players playing on top clubs. Um, but I think for Ghana, they need a, a quick turnaround right before this World Cup. And I just don't see that as happening. Whereas you said, Korea are kind of consistently good even if they haven't quite asserted themselves in asia as they might might have liked to uh yeah i think uh one of the um one of the big concerns for for um uh south korea is where are they going to get goals from and and it's really too bad we've been watching the premier league and you know song hung min seems in a bit of a, a bit of a dry spell right now i was uh, looking as we were talking on the um 
uh, on the uh, on the internet for the for the Korean who played for uh, Stoke. Uh, sorry, Wolves. Oh, Han Hee Chan. Uh, and I was all excited because he was uh, a midfielder kind of being used as a forward. And I'm like, oh, if he could get a bit of practice, you know, scoring goals. And, and uh, you know, they, they got a bunch of forwards. So he's not basically on the starting lineup anymore. And in that search, I actually found uh, Huang Uijo. And uh, do you know uh, him? Because I saw that he was uh, uh, with Nottingham Forest. I yeah, that was, him. I think, a, a very recent signing. Yeah, uh, so uh, I'm kind of hoping, you know, I'm kind of looking at these players thinking, can they get goals from these guys? Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, from what we know of club play, uh, they, they're all a bit dry. Uh, I see that um, Hang Weido got uh, 29 goals in 94 games, so that's a very good uh, record with Bordeaux in France over the last three years. Yeah, uh, but I, 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 in qualifying and and especially in cups, what was the cup we looked at? 2019 Asian Cup, where uh, their biggest problem just seemed to be getting goals. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry about that because uh, I droned on a bit. But uh, Ghana uh, is the other one I disagree with. I would say uh, they're about half as likely as South Korea, and we've talked about a lot of the reasons for that. Yeah, they've also uh, sacked their manager after their poor African Cup showing. So it's almost like they're trying to rebuild and change things right before the World Cup. And I just don't know they'll have the time to do that. They might surprise, um, but, you know, I, I and they're capable of it. This is why this is a difficult group to predict. But I just see South Korea as a more likely. Yeah, honestly, you hit the nail on the head there for me. I think the biggest uh, element, uh, the biggest tool in their box is an ability to surprise and we saw they they uh, surprised nigeria in the playoff that they were expected to use but really just scraped through uh, it wasn't a, a huge surprise what did surprise me there with ghana uh, was that they were fielding players uh, uh, who had never uh, who had no caps for the team so i mean fielding players in an important game like that with no caps for the team they still seem to be madly scrambling uh, to find a forward for the team. And they've they've uh, tried out a lot of players and a lot of players have kind of come and gone. I'm talking very recently uh, where they come in for five games and play and then they're, they're kind of dropped and somebody else comes in. A bit like USA with their forwards, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a bad kind of state of mind uh, to be going into a cup with. And if you say they've replaced their manager too, uh, all of those things kind of um, uh, are negatives uh, for me. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, do you have anything more to say or should we move on to look at the World Cup schedule? Um, yeah, we can talk about their schedule, see if there's anything else that comes out of that. Yeah, I just want to add actually that, that uh, having said all we've said, all four of these teams... Uh, uh, have fireworks uh, surrounding some of their cups, you know. So uh, it could be a, quite an exciting group. And maybe the fact that we're not, uh, you know, we're not kind of confident in our in our predictions uh, will be part of the fun. But hey, I, I forgot to uh, pin you down here. So uh, let's do the World Cup schedule, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna pin you down to an answer. Yeah. The schedule any uh, any observations there 
You know what? I mean, in some groups, we've 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 talked about a pot one team possibly resting players for a final game. Um, I don't see Portugal necessarily being in that position. You know, it would be South Korea. They play. I think this will be a tight competitive group. Points will be dropped. Points will be won. Um, so I don't really see really any um, advantage from the from the schedule. You want to win your first game. Portugal play Ghana. That's kind of the biggest discrepancy in the group. So you'd expect Portugal to get off to a winning start there. But yeah, um, yeah, I think this will be a competitive group. I think it's hard to predict, and I think it's 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 going to be exciting because teams are teams are capable. Teams have question marks around them. Um, you know, form is is kind of tough to read, but. Um, yeah, I'm very excited for this group. Yeah, me too. It could be a bit like that. Uh, it could be a bit like that 2014 group that Uruguay was in, where uh, Costa Rica kind of came out of nowhere uh, to win it. You know, like it could be uh, just very much go against expectations. And in fact, uh, the last two games um, could be could be like two of the most exciting third round games or one of the most exciting groups in the third round because as you say i think there'll be points shared so that these two games will be very important yeah all right well connor i have heard you uh dodge i've heard you duck um and now i i i, I need an answer uh, how is this group going to turn out on the strength of their squad overall i put portugal in first place um i I'm going to say Uruguay for second. I'm going to go with the rankings and the pot orders. I'm going to say South Korea third and Ghana fourth. Uh, that's funny because that's exactly, <coughs> excuse me, hang on. That's exactly what I decided uh, for this group. I'm going to go with the rankings, but I think this group uh, has the most potential to not go according to the rankings. So I think it's a pretty fluid uh, a pretty fluid guess, and I wouldn't be surprised uh, really at anything that happened in this group. Yeah. Either yeah, lapses from the top two or stronger performances than expected from the bottom two. All right, well, anything to add, or should we sign off? Yeah, I think this is a good point to sign off. Um, yeah, those who are unfamiliar with our, our, our media cast might want to keep listening for some information. Uh, for further listening but if you're turning off now uh goodbye and uh we hope to see you next time right so stay stay tuned if you want to uh get a bit more information otherwise uh, we will see you in our player podcasts uh, uh we're doing one for each of the team and going through their players all the best bye bye Okay, uh, for the listening, we've done nine different series of podcasts if you're interested in a deeper dive. Uh, some of the information may be dated, but some of the histories focus on different aspects of the team histories, so it can help you to get to know teams more intimately. Yes, as mentioned, this is our 10th series, and we have done at least one series on every region except Oceania. We have files for that region too, and we'll do one down the road so as not to leave them out. But let's go region by region. Uh, right. So Europe, our first series was a group by group podcast on the teams of Euro 2020. Uh, that was played in the summer of 2021. And uh, for South America, we also did a group by group podcast on the teams in Copa America 2021. For North America, we have done three series on CONCACAF. 
The first was a group-by-group podcast on the teams in the 2021 Gold Cup. That included a look at Qatar. The second was a preview of the eight teams in the final round of World Cup CONCACAF qualifying. That came with our first player series, where we went team by team through the players. The third was an update halfway through that qualification. Yes, and for uh, Asia, we did a group by group podcast on the 12 teams in the final round of World Cup qualifying, and that included a deep dive into each team's World Cup qualifying history. We have done three series on African teams. The first was a group by group podcast on the 24 teams in the 2021 African Cup, played in early 2022. The second, done around the same time, was a team by team series on the players for each of those teams. Third and finally, we have recently concluded a series on almost all teams in Africa, a group by group examination of the 12 qualifying groups for the 2023 African Cup. This included a deep dive into their African Cup history, which was quite extensive. This provides a look into some of the lesser teams that rarely even qualify for the African Cup. Right, and we realize that not everyone is interested in the level of detail that we go into. So starting from that series, the 2023 African Cup series, uh, we're editing our media media casts into shorter versions. Uh, Generally for groups and teams, this will just be a summary summary, uh, and discussion segments of the longer podcasts. And for the player, uh, the player ones, just the sections on the squad's overall strength and a list of the uh, main players that we expect to reach the competition. So uh, that's usually two or three groups per episode. Yes, otherwise each long version of the series contains a deep dive into the matter at hand. So if it's African Cup qualification, for example, it's a deep dive into the team's history of African Cup qualification. Or if it's the World Cup qualification, a deep dive into each team's history and qualifying for the World Cup. Right, and all of those podcasts can be found in our library at soccerfiles.captivate.fm. That's soccerfiles with a PH in the middle and an S at the end. And uh, we also provide a link to our website and other relevant material in the show notes for each uh, media cast. And in general, uh, to find us, you can type Soccerfiles Canada into Google and uh, it's easy to find your way from there. Or just check out the show notes for this or any of our media casts and it'll be easy to navigate uh, from there. Okay, see you in our future media casts.